Welcome everyone to the Faces and Feels podcast. I am Rafe Houston and this is my exploration of professional wrestling. I want to take a look into the faces of professional wrestling and the feels or moments that they give me every time I watch it. Uh, I want to expand on on my love of the sport and and really just the, the small moments that make it all tick for me. Um, straight out the gate today, I'm just going to do a nice short one as I, I get my head around all this and I'm just going to gonna start out with my favourite promotion, which is New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, I've had a few friends kind of ask me, you know, where do I start? It's a lot. There's other language and there's things like that. So I'm just going to do a quick top five on the things I think you need to know when looking into New Japan Pro Wrestling. So top five, my number one is this isn't the WWE. So the match structure is going to be different. The way everything's laid out is different. The promos are different. The titles are different. The, the Everything about it is completely different and the, the format in which it works. So I guess the, the, the most important thing that I've explained to people is that, that when you will watch like a New Japan Pro Wrestling, if you just watch uh, a normal show like a Road 2 show or something like that, they're normal touring shows, they very rarely have a singles match on the card. Um, occasionally they will if it's a, a higher-end type show um, or there's something special like a special singles match. But for the most part, the the match cards are structured around tag matches, be it two-man, six-man, you know, eight-man, uh, different different kind of tag matches between the different stables. Uh, within New Japan, there's several stables, um, and then there's kind of like a cluster of people that are just sort of there. So, um, And then within those matches, they they will sort of flesh out other issues that they may have. And that's that makes those kind of shows fun because you're you're watching and you know that, you know, the guy the guy that you're into for um is holding a title or whatever it may be and some guy is coming for him and they're they're not directly in conflict with each other, like trying to beat each other, but they are trying to get one over the other and they'll have these like small interactions that help further the story and build towards what will eventually be a title conflict. Um, they, and, and they'll, they'll use that as well to, to stake a claim for something. So if somebody gets a clean win over somebody with a title, they're next in line. They, they jump the line for the most part and they're up. So, even those kind of tag matches matter, you know. And occasionally can that be a little bit predictive? Sometimes because you'll be like, okay, uh, it's uh, world champion Okada who's had the belt for two years. It's uh, company ace Tanahashi. And it's loser Yoshihashi versus uh, intercontinental champion Kenta, um, tag team champion Skrillis or something like that. And it's kind of like... I don't know if today's going to look that great for Yoshihashi, but the great thing about New Japan is anybody can win on any given day. Um, even guys like him that we always joke is like the biggest loser and like, you know, 
pretty pretty basic, has had some pretty spectacular upsets in his career. Um, one time he like upset massive favorite uh, Kenny Omega, future world champion Kenny Omega, in his you know G one tournament. That essentially he went on to win, if I remember correctly. It was just before I started watching, uh, but Yoshihashi had sort of beaten him. He was one of the few losses that he had, and then he kind of went on to be a challenger for for the the contract that you get at the end of G one. But I'll go into that later. So yeah, structures how it works, uh, and then also like the promo thing, like. The, the shows don't begin with uh, music hitting and then someone getting in the ring and then cutting a promo for five minutes and then somebody else comes in. It's on the fly. It's a sporting contest. And then afterwards, there'll, there'll be like a promo on the go. So there's like a big banner set up out the back, you know, sponsors and stuff on it, the New Japan logo, a table, sometimes some like hot Miller light beers or something and all like the Japanese press are there. And they're like asking them questions and they'll just like come out and they'll just sort of like be tired, exhausted. They'll fall over. They'll be angry and they'll just cut something on the fly and then move on. And that progresses the storyline that it's going. Um, so to give you an example, one of my favorite of those um, was by uh, Juice Robinson, uh, who is an American wrestler. He used to wrestle for WWE and NXT. Um, he ended up walking out of NXT. He didn't, want to do it it wasn't for him and he went into like the the young boy system at new japan and really kind of rebuilt himself for the ground up he gained he gained a lot of respect from what i understand with the japanese because they were like you're a name you can just come in he was like no i want to go to the dojo and i want to do it all the right way um so in this particular promo um i'm going to play play it for you now and uh i can flesh it out a little bit for you after it's been a while since i've heard this one so check this out Any moment, check this out. What's that look like to you? What's that look like to you? I'm no doctor. <laughs> Definitely not a doctor. That's a broken metacarpal. That's what that is. That's a broken metacarpal. Okay, Jay, guess what? I got 206 bones, motherfucker. 206, I think. I might be wrong. Good thing I don't have Twitter so nobody can let me know. Yeah, 206 bones, you broke one. I still got 205. I know what you're doing. I never said you weren't smart. You're smart, and you're a badass. You know that's how I win my matches. I punch motherfuckers in the jaw, and then I hit them with pulp friction. Well, it doesn't look like I'm gonna be hitting pulp friction anytime soon. After a left hand, anyways. Guess what, dumbass? I've rolled up Kenny Omega. I've rolled up Big Mike Elgin. I can roll a motherfucker up just like I can hit him with the left hand of God and hit him with pulp friction. You're smart, Jay, but your heart and your nuts, they're little small, shriveled up pieces of shit. I'm all heart and nuts. Heart in one broken hand, nuts in the other, motherfucker. San Francisco? Whoo, San Francisco! I'm an American. That's an American belt. It's in America, on America's birthday. You ain't an American. Can you make it? No offense, you're not an American too. You know who needs that belt? An American. Well, guess what? I'm next in line. I'm gonna be coming into San Francisco, red, white, and blue, sparklers shooting out of my nipples, and launching bald eagles out of my ass. That's right. Jay, 
I can fuck with you just like you fuck with me. All right? Yeah! Oh, Juicy's playing board and he wears rainbows and he hops around and acts like an asshole. Well, guess what? I like whooping motherfuckers' asses too. <laughs> so good. Like, just on the fly. I don't know if... I oh, know, it looks kind of swollen. I don't know if Juice has actually broken his hand in there or it, you know, goes on to like, or that was always the plan or what it was. If he actually did, it, it actually becomes a really unique part of the storyline where, um, so Jay's broken his hand in the match and then, so he goes on and, you know, he's, he's got his hand all, all casted up or whatever and, he's like, you know, his opponent is trying to attack that. That's like a big weakness for him. Um, and and that plays into his ongoing storyline and him overcoming that and like using it. You know, he's got a hard cast and, and on it and it's like slowing him down. He's, he's, he's like one of his finishers. He's a left-handed dude. And so like he said, hit him with the left hand of God. He just like punch a dude in the face and then, you know, hit him with his finisher. And so he's just like, you know, at the end of the match, he just tears it off and then just like cracks the dude in the face, hits him with the thing and takes the belt. I may be getting the the exact thing wrong and I might be spoiling all kinds of things, but it, but it gives you an, a, like the exact uh, layout and order that happened. This was a little while ago now, but it gives you a really good idea uh, and a really great snapshot uh, of how they, they just, you know, move this forward on the fly. Obviously, a lot of stuff is in Japanese, um, but that adds to it too. Like these guys are great promos like in their language and you you get the gist of, of what they're saying. It becomes very clear. Um, New Japan also do like an absolutely great job of putting this content up online after the matches. They do like the um, – so you can like after the pay-per-view finishes, you can – watch afterwards and see all the comments and stuff. But on YouTube, New Japan puts it up there and they've just got after-match comments and you can go through and they'll put snapshots of like the different guys and stuff like that. So you can go through and check out your favourites or you can watch them all, whatever. But you get a pretty good idea and all the Japanese guys will have subtitles and stuff as well. Um, so, yeah. Uh, beyond, beyond that, it then leads you into uh, the stables, which are a big part about it. Back in early Attitude Era and stuff like that and uh, WCW, NWO and all that. You know, they were all about stable warfare and, and corporation things and stuff like that. It's my understanding that, that that was really taken from Japan. I believe Eric Bischoff, um, who was running up WCW and, you know, brought in the NWO concept and stuff, really took that idea from Japan. He had worked over there or used to watch it and was like really into it. And and it sort of sort of changed the the face of American wrestling and really like put it in that direction, which ushered in the Attitude Era and did all that kind of stuff. So, in the stables in New Japan, there's a few few different ones. Um, Chaos is the probably first and foremost. That's like I guess the good guy stable. Um, they haven't always been, but at the moment they're the stable run by uh, Okada, who is the you know perennial kind of favorite and current young ace of the company. Um, he He's like, a, he, he was sort of a cocky, um, cocky kind of young lion. He, he was a guy who came up through the ranks, did all the things, went away to Mexico, um, I believe it was, and then he came back like cocky as Tanahashi's the champion and he just like, 
like challenges him and everyone's like, oh, you know, he's not going to do it with his skin under his skin. They have a match and then he like wins the title on his first day kind of thing. And you can imagine how that would go down in the USA, you know, like uh, you, you can see how like uh, American fans, like when Roman Reigns are being shoved down their throat and things like that, you can imagine what it was like. They were just like, who is this dude? Like how could he just like beat the title and beat our guy, you know, they're, they're John Cena. But, but that was his sort of origin. But obviously that – you know, goes on and people morph and they become what they are. And he is a long time face champion and longest to ever hold the belt. Um, and yeah, and so that's where where he was at with it. Um, and so his team, they're kind of a, a bit of a sort of ragtag bunch. I think they just like whenever they don't really know what they're doing with somebody or they want just you to know they're a good guy, they'll just put them in the chaos faction basically. Um then there is Lij. I'm going to butcher the name, but it's a loss in Goblin Nables de Hapon. I think it said. Hopefully, I'm not too bad at it. It's why I really only go for like the the surnames of the of the Japanese wrestlers because I butcher a, a lot of the names and I don't want to do them any injustice. But uh, Lij is a faction that's led by Tetsuya Naito. I got got his one. Um, and they are, well, I guess they're a face team now. They're supposed to kind of be chaotic neutral, I guess. The idea behind it uh, is they're a, basically, uh, in Goblin Ables means ungovernable. Like they're like a, a, a badass kind of grey, their own kind of rules faction. You know, they'll cheat, but then they won't because they're so popular now and, and things like that, you know? So kind of like a, a DX kind of style thing, you know, without all the lewd jokes and stuff. They're very, very popular in Japan. Like their merch is everything. Uh, and they're, they're cool as hell. Like he was a dude who sort of were, people were, weren't really feeling as well as I understand it again a bit before my time. It was a bit of a sort of um, straight-laced kind of character and was – not going well uh, for him. He booed out of a building or something happened, you know, when he should have, you know, been the big champion. Um, and so he goes to Mexico and he joins that faction because the, the uh, Los Angobalanables are a, a Mexican stable. Um, and he joins them and he does stuff with them and then he brings it back to Japan and then starts bringing in different guys uh, under that banner. Um and they're super popular. Uh, then there's the Bullet Club, which everybody kind of knows about in American wrestling because they were like kind of the big gaijin faction or the, the foreigner faction. So it was started by um, Prince Devitt, who's Finn Balor, Carl Anderson, Tama Tonga, um, Bad Luck Fale. And they were, they're like uh, definitely like the heels of New Japan. That sort of went on. Uh, where they, you know, became really cool. The Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and AJ Styles and these dudes came in, and again, all become faces. Like you, live, when you're the bad guy, you sort of live long enough uh, to become the good guy. You know, when you're cool enough, um, and and they're sort of the main three. And then the then there's other stuff as well. So there's Suzuki Gun, which is really based around uh, absolute monster. Uh, monster killer, uh, Minoru Suzuki. Uh, I've met him in life. He's a very sweet man, but also kind of terrifying. Um, and he, 
he's got an entire gang essentially based around him. So Suzuki Gun, um, and and they're just absolute bad guys and are always cheating, breaking the rules, brawling in the crowd, stuff like that. Um, there is uh, what's his name? I'm just having a complete mind blank. Oh, Taguchi's uh, stable, which aren't even real stable, so I can't be <laughs> can't be uh, blamed for forgetting who they are. It's really just him, and then what other losers are hanging around uh, that they want to kind of throw in with him and just have a reason to tag together, you know? And then there's everybody else, <laughs> really, is what it comes down to. I was going to, like, look it up on Google, and then I was like, how could I not, not remember Taguchi? Anyway, um, then the next thing that's really different is the title structure. So there are a lot of titles in New Japan, but only a few of which matter. And quite often some of them will only matter when there's a reason for them to matter. Uh, biggest example of that is their six-man championship, which kind of just disappeared for a year. Like, they just didn't even talk about it. Nobody had it. Nobody even knew who still had it. It was just like a ragtag group of dudes that won it that day or whatever. Uh, and, then, and then, like, come around to Wrestle Kingdom, they've got two days to fill, and then suddenly it's sort of a big deal leading into it and stuff. But, hey, they can do what they want. So you have the uh, IWGP Heavyweight Championship, which is the International Wrestling Grand Prix Championship. Um, and that is the the heavyweight title of New Japan. It's one of the coolest belts, if not the coolest belt in wrestling, in my opinion, and has like a really strong legacy. It's not a belt that people hold lightly. Um, it's not one that moves very often. In the entire time that I've been watching New Japan, which has been about five years now, uh, Okada held it for most of it, and then you've had short runs from the likes of uh, Tanahashi, um, Kenny Omega, Jay White. Um, yeah, a, a few different guys uh, have held it, So, but it, it stays, like, nice and loose. In this kind of lockdown time, I'm actually kind of – racking my brain to even know who is the champion today. I think it's still Okada. I don't know. I've had a bit of time off. I've been working through all this quarantine stuff. I'm kind of losing my mind and I haven't watched an event in a while. I feel like it's still Okada and I feel like I probably should have looked that up like before <laughs> before I did it, but they had the four-way. So hang on, let's break it down. So I was at Wrestle Kingdom. I was very drunk for two days, um, but it was Okada versus... Uh, Ibushi on the first night, Okada won, and then it was Jay White and Naito. No, what am I talking about? It's Naito and he holds both titles. Jesus Christ. Okay, yeah, I'm literally losing my mind in this this lockdown time. See, I think some people are probably going stir crazy in lockdown because they're like, oh, all I've done is sit at home and watch TV and do things like that. All I've done is work, exactly the same as I have done, but with – less stuff so I'm just an absolute mess and it was like the biggest win in New Japan history so I don't know why I was completely mind blanking on that so maybe I need to re-record this entire episode but eh, I'm doing I've done it now so um so yeah and that brings you into the Intercontinental Championship which is the kind of second biggest belt and at the moment they're both held by Tetsu Unito of Los Angeles De Hapone. I think I got it Los Angeles Los Angeles L-I-J um and he holds both belts. 
Um, I'm not going to get – I won't get into too much into the entire history because I'll probably do an episode to kind of break that down for people. Um, but the, this, then the Intercontinental Championship, then there is the United States Championship and the Never Open Weight Championship. And they're sort of – Reign in the hierarchy of belts will really just depend on who's got them at the time and what they're kind of doing with them. At the moment, they're doing good things with both of them, really. Um, the United States Championship is held by John Moxley. Um, he was doing that stuff just before he did, like, or around the time he debuted with AEW. And the idea was that he would, you know, kind of do both. He's not taking either belt because he's the AEW champion at the moment, uh, either belt to either show, but they're kind of doing their own. That said, it was still pretty surprising when Moxley retained the belt at Wrestle Kingdom um, after two matches that they didn't give it back to Juice, who you heard earlier. Um, but I guess they had other plans for what they want to do, and Moxley is a big draw. So he's still got the belt for now. Whether he will in the wake of like Corona stuff, they might strip it off him. Who knows? Um, and then the Never Openweight Championship uh, is... The, the idea behind the Never stuff is really cool because another thing that I didn't touch on in structure is the weight classes. So there's heavyweight and junior weight. Um, and they really try and stick to that. You know, like the smaller guys are, are kind of separate. And the idea behind the Never is that there's no weight class and so each can kind of verse each other. But what the what the Never title has sort of become is like a, a big boy kind of strong style belt held by guys like... Uh, Ishii and Shibata in the past um, and and guys like that. And they are in Shingo Takagi, who currently holds it now. And they're, you know, big, hard-hitting dudes. And so that's what that's become. But I, I'd like to see it kind of bleed over from that. Uh, they also do a never six-man title, which is the one that I told you was in a cupboard for a year. They also... The, the kind of cool thing about that is they will be able to do stuff with like teams like that. So for instance, uh, LIJ hold it at the moment and the guys that hold it are Evil, Shingo and Bushi. And Bushi is a junior weight. So he can kind of wrestle with them and they can do mixed teams like that, which is really cool. So they're matches I really like to have around um, when they actually give it focus. But New Japan in as good a job they do with their single stuff, tend to leave their tag stuff on the back burner. And they and so then they also do a junior heavyweight title, um, which is quite up, which I guess would probably sit above um, the United States and the Never, again, depending who's holding it. And then they do a junior tag and a heavyweight tag as well. Um, at the moment, it looks like they were about to push for a bit more focus on the heavyweight tag because it's now held by... Um, Tanahashi and Ibushi, who are two massive, um, massive stars in the company, and it was a big upset for them to get it um, from Juice and Finlay. But I think they were going to build into. Well, they lost it. Sorry, Jesus Christ. Um, they Juice and Finlay had it. They lost it to God, and then like in one second, lost it to Ibushi and Tanahashi. So I think they were leading to something with with Juice and with Tanahashi and all that kind of stuff. So you know, hopefully to elevate the belts and elevate all those guys. So um, fingers crossed that's a program I'm looking forward to in the future. Um, okay. Um, so from, from the titles then, the other big things are tournaments. Uh, tournaments are 
are a big building block of New Japan and something that they can use uh, like quite cleverly to build younger talent and for guys to get big wins over big names but not have it sort of take the shine off the champion or, or whatever. So, for instance, um, the main ones are the New Japan Cup, the Best of the Super Juniors, um, and the G1 Climax. They also do tag tournaments and World Tag League and things like that, and they do like a Super Juniors tag, mind-blanking on that now. Um, but they don't really – like the the one that really matters the most is New Japan um, – sorry, not New Japan Cup, G1 Climax, which I'll focus on now, and I'll do episodes and stuff on the others later. Um, so G1 Climax is big tournament, I think – Last year, I'm not even going to say the number, 16, 24, I know, 1 million competitors, I know, a lot. Um, and they will be in brackets, so A block and B block, and then then go through those. And then at the end, the winners of A block and B block will verse each other to win the main event in the Tokyo Dome or the ability to choose who they verse at Wrestle Kingdom. They're all going to choose the World Heavyweight title. I think, I'm pretty sure only the IWGP title. I'm pretty sure the only it's only not been that one time. I don't remember if it was Tanahashi or or maybe Shinsuke Nakamura that chose the other guy who had the Intercontinental Championship because they had a very big rivalry at the time. Um again before my time but but some really cool stuff. Um and so and that that breaks through but with guys like you could have Okada who's the champion at the time in the tournament he can take upset losses and and still look good, you know. He's been he's comes in, he's winning for X amount of matches in a row, and then suddenly he gets like an upset roll up by uh, Yano or or somebody like that, some crazy dude. And you're like, oh man, I didn't see that coming. And it, and it really keeps you guessing and keeps the integrity of the competition really, really well. Because just because like the biggest champion is in it doesn't mean he's going to win it. Um, and that and that goes through through all the way through the block. All the champions and stuff will be in there, and and it's really really cool. Everybody looks forward to it every year. The blocks get announced. It's a big deal, and there's just amazing like thirty minute one on one matchups, and and between guys that you haven't seen in a while, and and yeah, they're with something on the line. You know, it, it keeps the stakes high, and New Japan Cup does that, and and the different tag leagues. Do, and it means it's not just like more of the same, you know. Part of why I got tired um, with like your your Monday Night Rules and things like that, I felt like it was always the same and I felt like I was always seeing the same matches. So I don't know, what's one that um, Finn Balor, who I really like and really liked in NXT, really like his New Japan stuff. When he came to Raw and stuff, he was doing that for a while and – Bobby Lashley and stuff debuted, and they were having a rivalry, right? But I felt like all I saw from them for like, I don't know, a year, uh, six months, I don't know, was just them versing each other. So they'd have single matches on the Raw. Then they'd have a single match on the SmackDown. Then the pay-per-view would come around. They'd have another singles match. And it was just like there was nothing left. Like those guys couldn't think of anything else to do that was exceptionally different. Um, It was just always the same. And it's like... This is stale and I don't care. Whereas with stuff like tournaments, with stuff like eight-man tags, with uh, elimination tags, 
and stuff. You can you can build stuff, you know. My dude A has got beef with dude B and they're they're due to like intricacies off the match, like are kept apart, you know. They finally end up face to face and you're like, oh man, it's about to go down and then you know, dude B's henchman takes out the knee of that guy and then another dude, and they don't get at each other, you know, or the match finishes and he's celebrating with his friends and then a old mate comes in and, like, hits him in the chair and drags him out and then they're brawling on the outside and their respective factions are trying to pull them apart and they just keep building tension, you know, when it's done well. And, and tournaments help feed that as well because it's like, oh, wow, okay, so you won the G1, you only took two losses in that tournament. But now those two dudes are waiting for you and you need to go through them before you get to Wrestle Kingdom like on January 4th the next year. So then you've got between there, the world champion's still got to defend his title a couple of times. Um, The other champions still have title defences. But then you've also got a guy defending a contract to fight for the world championship. And it just adds more. I don't think anybody's ever lost that championship. I feel like it's going to happen eventually and it will, will need to happen like and be a, quite a big upset. Um, Naito sort of backdoored his way in um, to winning it this year because they 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 had had the, the tournament happen and he had done terribly. He'd had upset after upset and everybody was like, this is his time, you know. He had gone on. I said I wasn't going to talk about this, but I'm just going to talk about it. Fucking. Um, so he, Naito's a guy that like hottest dude, biggest faction. I don't mean hottest dude, hottest dude. I mean hottest dude, like heat. People love him. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I, I guess if you you like wicked mullets, then he is pretty hot. But uh, so he, he he was the one, right? So when we first went to to the first Wrestle Kingdom in Japan that we had seen, it was him versus Okada. Um, and everybody was like, this is it. Okada's had it for ages. Naito's the guy. He's going to win. And, man, I was there when and Naito loses and, like, the air was sucked out of that place. Like, dudes were just like, what? Like, LIJ fans just walking out of shit. It was wicked. Like, nobody, nobody saw that coming. And so then he just goes on this, like, tangent and almost losing streak where – it's like, oh, it's not going to happen. Then he starts talking about, I, I want to be like the first double champion. I want to hold the Intercontinental and the IWGP. Then he wins that and he starts like picking up steam like he's going to do it. And and then it comes to the G1. And everyone's like, oh, Naito's burning through this and this is what's going to happen, right? But that's not what happens. Like he gets beaten immediately and continues to get beaten. And so – the whole tournament, you're like, on the back end, you're like, how many wins has he got? You're looking at his wins versus the other guys. I'm doing maths. We've got an Excel spreadsheet. We're like, how many wins like does he need to get there? Like, Can it even happen? And then when you're like, if he can win this or he can draw this, he'll be in. If not, he's done kind of thing. And then when he flames out, you're like, dude, I don't even know what they're going to do. So Ibushi wins it. And you're like, okay, cool. Obviously, he he's also awesome. And you're like, man, but they're they're gonna sit on Naito again. He's just gonna be out. Like, what's the go? But then uh, they sort of do this awkward stare down. They didn't really do it that well, but but kind of the idea is that like he's got a claim to it. He's talking about it. he wants to be double champion. Ibushi saying the same thing. Jay White saying the same thing. 
And Okada's like, I don't care. This is all bullshit. My title's the one that matters. I don't even want that piece of shit. But if you guys want to do it, let's do it. Like, so that's where they're doing a two-day a two-day um, Wrestle Kingdom. So the first night is Naito and Jay White for the Intercontinental and Ibushi and Okada for the IWGP Heavyweight. And then the next night, the winners of those two matches, so the Intercontinental and the IWGP champions, are going to verse each other to decide who's the double champion, right? The double gold dash, they called it. And then the other two losers versus each other, I guess, to be the least loser. I'm not really sure what they're going on <laughs> going with that. Uh, and then, you know, a bit of stuff happened on the other side and coronavirus, so it's all kind of frozen at the moment. But um, And, yeah, and Naito goes on to win the whole thing. And so I was there when he lost, and then, you know, two years later I was there when he won. And it was, man, that place exploded. And, and that's the kind of really cool long-term storytelling that New Japan Pro Wrestling does. It's not like paid off in a week or they can't like not wait and it, you know, and it's half-assed or anything like that. This, these storylines will, will go on for years and like really invest in the guys and call back to like the, as wrestlers as well. They're, they're very smart and they will call back on moments from other matches and stuff. And it, it's, it's really, really cool. Um, and I guess that, that that brings me to the last thing, and and I think probably the one of the most important things about New Japan is the back burner, and by that I mean they've always got guys ready. They have like such a deep roster, and and they keep dudes dudes ready through those eight man tags, through those moments, through confrontations throughout time. They've always got stuff they can call back on. Oh, Twinkle the Maltese is here and shaking her head. Um, like, uh, and these these moments they can call on. So if something happens um, where, for instance, uh, AJ Styles, Carl Anderson, Doc Gallows and Shinsuke Nakamura all leave at the same time, they've got other dudes ready to go. They've got, you know, they had Kenny Omega on, on the back burner ready to go. They've got, they've got these dudes that are... They're putting shine on, that are getting promos, that have had moments with people. This dog, Twinkle, good girl. She's sidelonging me so hard. She's laying down. Oh, hey. Okay. Um, and, yeah, so so what comes to mind at the moment? So if I was to give you an example, um Tai Chi uh, was widely considered a, you know, a loser, uh, a, a heel, a sniveling, groveling heel. People didn't like him. Fans would chant, go home, Tai Chi. And then they they began to sort of build him as a stronger style guy and he started to pick up some steam, right? One thing that really that I really liked as a moment was when um, Okada was going to verse Suzuki. So he's the leader of Suzuki Gun. Tai Chi is like his right-hand man, right? Um, and sorry, I keep getting distracted by this dog. Hey, come here, come here. Um, and they're going. <laughs> One second. Come here. Okay, come on. <laughs> 
all right, the dog has been placed on my lap and she will not bark while she's there, in theory. Um, and so they're, they're going to this match uh, between the between the two of them, between Suzuki and Okada. And the, the whole crew's there, the whole gang. And as Okada comes out, his music's banging on. He's looking like a bazillion bucks. Um, he's walking down the aisle. Um, and and they're all there. And they're, they're like watching him. Um, and as he comes to the bottom, hang on, I've got to play his theme real quick. What the hell is this? I thought I had that for real, but unfortunately, that is definitely his old theme that is before my time. Now, let's try this again. Maybe. Here we go. Carter's coming out, he's got the coat on man, he's got the belt, he's wearing a billion gold chains, he's coming to the ring and like Suzuki Gunner there just looking like pieces of shit gathered around the ring, he's not even sweating them, so he, he's coming out, looking at the fans and saying, and he gets to the bottom of the ring and Tai Chi is stood there right, like like he's blocking his way, Carter just looks at him fucking looks him up and down and just like walks around him man and i was like dude he does not care that this dude exists you know like he was like you are beneath me i'll deal with this guy now fast forward um to like this year i believe it's 2020 um and and tai chi has like grown and stuff and to the point where he's challenging okada you know and and the way they they build and stuff, they, these things motivate these guys and stuff. You know these tiny moments, and that's dope, man. Like, like I like to believe anyway. Whether the wrestler himself has put that much thought into it, I I don't know. But I like to believe that they're like this character now has taken these moments and stuff, and he's like, I'm changing this. I won't be disrespected that way. They all have war warriors pride. Uh, they all they all have fighting spirit, and they're like, man, I'm. I'm not taking it. And it's really cool. Um, and and I just think there's a there's a care there and uh, a dedication to their craft that's really awesome. And that goes on all through the way. Like, I feel like everyone's like, oh, but what would you do if X dude left? And I'm just like, well, then the next guy steps up. It's fine. You know, the, the character, the roster and the wrestler roster is so strong and the booking is so strong um, that it's going to be fine because – New Japan just cruises through the way it goes. It's a machine. They can bring dudes in. They can take dudes out, but it's not really going to affect anything. Everybody thought they were stuffed when when AJ left, when, when you know, Anderson and Gallows left, when Shinsuke left, like, even when Finn Balor left. You know, all these guys are like, oh, these are un, like irreplaceable guys. Like 
everybody's replaceable. It's it's about the product and it's about the team and it's a, about the end product and how they put that all together. And that is why I think New Japan Pro Wrestling is my favorite and and the the best the best wrestling in the world, you know, that and it's just so physical and so sports based that I cannot recommend it enough. Thank you everybody for listening to me babble through this and figure out how it all works. I'm sure I'm going to pick up more confidence and steam as I go by. I like to think so anyway. Um, please leave uh, reviews and and comments and please any questions that you may have or ideas for topics you would like me to cover and bang on about uh, in the comments. Um, or you can email me at facesandfeels at gmail.com and we'll start to build something here. Um, I'm just going to put in the work and see where I can go with it. Something I've been thinking about doing for a long time and now I'm just going to do it, I guess. Until then, take care of yourselves. Don't try and touch anybody. Keep social distancing going and hopefully wrestling will be back soon. Much love. Thanks for listening.